I'd like to uh, turn to the book of John, chapter 15. John chapter 15. And if you're not standing and you're able to, let's go ahead and stand for the reading of the word. John chapter 15, beginning with verse number 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. And as you're closing your Bibles and taking your seats, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for this time that we can come together and learn more about your word and further apply the principles to our lives. Thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. We take captive every thought and bring them into your obedience. I release a greater understanding in this place upon those here, those watching online, and those who will tune in later. Help us to and to continue to be hearers and doers of your precious word. Let everything that I teach tonight be that of what you desire for your church. Nothing more and nothing less in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. You may be seated if you're not already. So tonight's focus will be on connecting with God and namely helping others connect with God. Helping others connect with God. And I will say tonight and likely repeat this in one way, shape, or form for the rest of the month. If you do not have a connection with God and you desire one, then this Bible study is for you. If you do have a connection with God and you desire to help others connect with God, then this Bible study is for you. If you're here tonight and perhaps you feel that you need a stronger connection with God, then this Bible study is for you. And you're in good company because I feel that it is, or at least that it should be, a desire for everyone, whether you have a connection with God or not, to to strengthen that connection with Him. And to kind of give an overview of what I will be... uh, covering tonight, I want to answer two questions. The first, what is the importance of connecting with God? And then the second question is, how can I connect with God? And to begin, I want to look at our first question, and that is, what is the importance of connecting with God? Now, you may hear questions that are similar to this, like, why do I need to connect with God? Or, what happens if I don't? connect with God. But all encompassing of that is the very importance thereof of connecting with Him. And as we read moments ago, the warnings of not connecting with Him. 
In the passage we just read from John 15, Jesus is expressing the importance of being connected. And as we read, uses a vine and the branches to give his disciples a visual of what exactly he means. Jesus being the vine desires that we, as his disciples, be the branches and to be and remain connected with him. But Jesus first starts with a stern but all too real warning, saying, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He takes away the branch that does not bear fruit. So wait, are you saying it's not enough to just be a branch connected to the vine? And to that I would respond with, it is written as such. And that is the case. Why? Because if you are connected to the vine, you are receiving from that vine. That vine is where your supplication comes from. That vine is where your sustenance comes from. That vine is where your eternal life comes from. That vine is the source and is the first part to having eternal life with Jesus Christ. Eternal life begins with a connection with Jesus. If you need to be born again, it starts with a connection. But that's not where it ends. If you need to experience salvation in Jesus Christ, it starts with a connection. But that's not where it ends. But this connection, once you are connected, once you are grafted in, is the moment that fruit begins to produce. And I want to maybe stir someone's theology for a moment. Uh, the born-again experience is not an end-all. It is essential to get into heaven. You can't enter into the gates of heaven without being born again of the water and spirit. But understand that if you are born again, you're not the same person as before. And now you continue to draw closer and grow closer and closer to Jesus. Now is where you begin to develop that fruit, where that fruit begins to develop in you and that fruit grows as a result of your continued connection to the Lord. To continue that connection until you hear him say, well done. Um, and in that same fruit vein, Jesus also talks about knowing them by their fruit. And this goes back to having a connection and how a connection is not enough. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 15, Jesus proclaims, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them, how? By their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
there's another warning. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. You will know them by their fruits. So the fruit, after being connected, after that initial grafting in, is the outward reflection of what was first an inward change. It all starts in here. It starts inside and builds from within, but then shows out here. You will know them by their fruit. And as I began to just kind of stir around with this passage about the, the bad fruit or the bad tree producing bad fruit and the good tree producing good fruit and how one can't produce the other, I, I felt the tug in my heart from the Lord to ask you this question. Which tree are you grafted into? They will know them by their fruit. If you're grafted into the good tree then you will produce good fruit. If you're grafted into the bad tree, then you will produce bad fruit. And if you are not connected to the good tree, the tree of life, the vine that provides you with everlasting life, then where, where, or what, or, or who, rather, are you connected to? You know, I've always felt a pressing in my, my spirit to get down to kind of the, the nitty-gritty, to get to the bottom of this, because if you are not connected with God, then you are, and, and we can discuss this later if you don't agree, but if you're not connected with God, then you are connected to something else. Something else has a hold of you. It may be something that you just can't get enough of. It may be something... It may be a toxic relationship that, that you may not realize is toxic. Yes, it may even include that uh, monotonous, mindless scrolling of this little device that's in your hand. It could be anything. could be anything. Anything to get you away from Him. Anything that turns your attention away from God. Is the fruit you are producing good or is it bad? They will know them by their fruit. And I know this is kind of a heavy topic, but, but those heavy discussions are often those that have the most meaning and in turn produce the most fruit. Those that hit those areas that, yes, even those areas need some fine-tuning. I always want the Lord to, to tune me up a little bit in those areas that I need it the most. Regarding helping others understand, and you producing this good fruit, that person you are witnessing to, or maybe you are reaching out to, about the importance of a connection with God, they will know you by your fruit. Now, I, I don't really have any uh, you know, examples of that that I can give, but it could just be as simple as this. If you are saying one thing, but doing another, if you teach someone to act or, or be a certain way, to live one way, but you aren't doing that yourself, you know, I, I could go on, but you, you get what I'm saying. It, it is imperative that we choose the good tree that, that we choose the good vine, that we're grafted into that, because as Jesus continues in our original passage, 
It is the only way to produce good fruit. It is there. It is here we can bear much good fruit. It is here where as we continue reading, as we produce good fruit, that there is that pruning that takes place. Jesus continues in John 15, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may do what? Bear more fruit. Produce more fruit. So he prunes so that you can bear more fruit. As the word works in us, so there is where the pruning takes place. Some of you here know that I have tried to have something of a garden every year. And this year was no different. But this year I, I tried something a little bit different with my gardening techniques. I actually did a little bit of research this year rather than just letting it grow wherever it wanted to, right? Okay, I, I planted a couple of tomatoes, peppers, and cucumbers. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that they produced a lot of good fruit. I talked with some of my coworkers and they said, hey, do this and do that. And, you know, make sure you do your research. I'm like, okay, I'm going to grab this by the horns and do it different this year. What I found that, you know, and I found that it is important to prune your tomato plants. And I'm thinking, prune your tomato plants? They just grow. And they grow and they grow and then they fall over because they're so heavy on top that, you know, they, they're just big and they produce a lot of fruit. At least they have in years past. But that it's important to prune those tomato plants. And what I found that as the plant grows, it grows up. And these branches start to dart out to the left and to the right, almost in a 90-degree angle. And then as the plant continues to grow, they will grow and what many, uh, they will grow what many gardeners refer to as suckers. Anybody ever heard of suckers on tomato plants? Uh, media team, if you've got that picture, can you show it on the screen? You don't have it? Okay. Well, anyways, I was going to show you a picture of the 90-degree angle and then there's this little plant that grows in between it so if you can picture just a little offshoot of nothingness that's a sucker they call that a sucker that's the official name I guess if you want to call it that but but you know they, they serve no good purpose but they they don't produce any flowers they don't produce any fruit and they literally suck the energy from the plant so if you don't prune it they're going to suck all the life out of the other, the, uh, the other branches, so they, they will produce less fruit. So I tried it for myself. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I've got this. I'm going to start pruning all these little suckers as they appeared. And I found that as, you know, I still, you know, I consider myself not to be a professional by any means. But, but I, I may have made a mistake in my pruning. And I got a little bit too sucker removal happy. To the point that I may have picked some branches that were not suckers. Oops. You know, the branches that I picked were those that were supposed to produce good fruit. And get this. One of the plants that I pruned, what I now saw was a bit too much. It didn't grow for a couple weeks. I would walk around the plant and be like, oh, I don't think that one's going to make it. The leaves began to curl up. The plant looked as if it was going to die, and it was that way for a couple of weeks. And I'm thinking, oh boy, now I did it. I was really looking forward to these nice early girl tomatoes 
to put on my hamburgers and my BLTs, you know, and things like that. Just have some good fruit, right? But after a couple of weeks of no growth, the plant literally shot up and, and grew like two feet in two weeks and now has fruit on every single branch. And there's little tomatoes forming everywhere, you know, over here and over here and over here. And there's like, you know, three or four on one branch. And it, just, it was just crazy to me. I'm thinking, wow, this pruning actually worked. It just maybe had to go through a, point, a little bit of death, a little bit of time of no growth. And like that, the vine dresser, the one who tends to the vine, the one who attends to the branches, as you are connected, will begin to do some pruning in you. He will prune that which is not producing fruit. He will prune those energy-sucking suckers. The fruit, uh, he, will he, will, he will prune that which is not producing fruit, that which Paul refers to in Galatians, that love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. But every branch that bears fruit, he prunes as well. Why? Well, what does the end of verse 2 say again? That they may bear fruit more fruit. You may have to go through a time of no fruit. But don't be dismayed. There's more fruit coming. So long as you stay connected to the vine. You may have to go through a time of pruning. And your fruit may be scarce right now. But don't be discouraged. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the source. There's a reason God is pruning you. There's a reason God is pruning you. He's molding you right where you are at. He's removing these things so that you can bear more fruit. He's shaping you as you continue to seek him. He's fitting you for something better. Come on. He's, he's not going to leave you or forsake you through any of it so long as you stay connected to him. Could, you, could it be that the fruit he's removing uh, was somewhat tainted by this or that, or maybe he, he's wanting to produce something better in you, and the Lord maybe wants to reset you just a little bit. And after that reset, after that pruning, so will come more fruit, fruit that you maybe didn't even realize was there before, and it's more abundant than it was before. Come on. And here's the thing about the pruning process, because it's of the Lord. It's the Lord that wants to see more fruit in you. He wants to produce more good fruit. So, of course, he's got to get rid of that smaller stuff, that lesser stuff, so that more can produce, so that greater fruit can come to be. Some of you here today may feel like there is no fruit producing. Maybe you feel like you've been pruned a little too much. You know that you are connected to God. You, you, you've put things aside. You, you've, you've maybe pushed the plate aside. You've pushed this aside or pushed that aside. You've gotten rid of what all that the world has, has maybe um, once got a hold of you before. You've put those things aside. You, you no longer desire those things. You're, you're grafted into the vine. You are there, but, but you're waiting. And you feel as though... You're not producing any fruit. But just wait. Just wait. Just as the scripture says, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. 
Someone here tonight just might need to make that declaration that you desire more fruit. But be ready. There's a pruning coming. The Lord has got you through it all. The pruning will feel uncomfortable. It may feel like it's, it's nothing, but, but the Lord is working in the waiting. He's working in the, in the time of what may feel like nothing. The Lord is working on you as you stay connected with Him, as you stay focused on Him. He's still providing the sustenance that you need. He's still the provider even when you can't feel it. You know, about 11 years ago, I went through what I now realize was a pruning in my life where everything was stripped away, literally. Where I was left with nothing. Where I was left with what I thought was nothing, rather. But I still had the Lord. He never left me. The Lord at that point, as if everything around me was pruned away so that my soul focus could be on him. Those of you that have heard my testimony know that I went through a very dark time in my life where I was literally left with, with nothing. And he began to do a work in me. It was a painful time in my life. But I had no choice but to lean on the Lord. It was a lonely time in my life. And I had no choice but to seek and look to the Lord. It was an empty time in my life where I was emptied of everything I once knew. That is where God stepped in. <laughs> that is where my connection with God really began. That is where I desired to be with Him. That is where I hung on to His every word. That is where he began to show me things that I needed in my life. That is where the pruning, that is where he began to prune some things out of my life. And can I tell you that I'm so thankful for it? Hallelujah. I don't know where I'd be without him. I can't really even fathom it. I don't like to think about the what ifs because I know where I'm at right now. I know where the Lord has me right now. And he has me here for a reason. He has you here for a reason, I know that the Lord brought me through that and I just want to praise him for it. But, but the pruning, hear me, the pruning has not stopped there. It hasn't just happened one time. It wasn't quite as painful, maybe, as it was then, but he's still pruning me today. There still may be times where I feel like I'm empty, but I know that the Lord has me in the palms of his hands. I know that he has me in his story. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. And I think Bishop brought it up once, but my history is now his story. It's no longer my own, but now it's his. And now, you know, when you say the rest is history, the rest is his story. So long as I have that and keep that connection with him. The Lord is pruning you for a greater purpose. Somebody needs to hear that tonight. The Lord only corrects those that he loves. The Lord only convicts those that he loves. The Lord only wants to see better in you. 
And the greatest part about it is that he is with you through it all. So long as you have that connection with him. The Lord desires to be closer to you. Do you desire the same from him? Do you have the desire to bear more fruit? Do you have the desire to bear more fruit? This is the importance of connecting with God. Without a connection with God, one cannot have eternal life. With a connection with God, one can have eternal life. Without a connection with God, one is cast out as a branch and withered and eventually gathered and thrown into a fire to be burned. But with a connection with God, one will bear good fruit. And I would like to think that, that the choice is clear. I'd like to think that me presenting this to you would make the choice clear. But the truth is, is I can't make that choice for you. You make that choice each day. And I pray that you choose wisely. Amen? Choose to connect with him if you have not already. Choose to stay connected with him if you've struggled to have that daily connection. Furthermore, strengthen that connection if you find that you are staying connected. It can never be too strong. You can never be too connected to the Lord, Pastor Lucas. If you prayed 10 minutes today, you can pray 11 minutes tomorrow. If you prayed an hour today, you can pray two hours tomorrow. I'm not telling you you have to do that. But there's always more connection that you can have with him, Brother Jeff. You can never have too much connection with him because he desires all of you. Now, I'm not saying that you have to stand here and pray. You know, you have to be in a certain position to pray because I can walk around here and I can lift him up. I can lift him up on my way to work. I can lift him up as I'm, as I'm going to the store. I, I can lift him up as I'm, as I'm, as I'm having a conversation with somebody. If, if, I have a, if I know I'm gonna have a difficult conversation, you know, at work tomorrow with my boss, I should probably pray to the Lord first and say, Lord, you're going to have to direct my steps because I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this without you. In fact, I know I can't get through it without you. That's why I'm reaching out to you right now. You are my all in all. You are my everything. So you pray as you are going. You pray as you are going. You pray without ceasing. And that's a point I want to make too because through this all, through this, through this connection with him, you, you, have to, you have to stay connected with him at all times. You have to stay connected with him continually. You have to pray without ceasing. You have to pray without ceasing. And I'll come back to that in just a second. But praying without ceasing, huh, it, it's pivotal. You, you, you just can't do it any other way. I'm sorry. No matter where you find yourself, your connection with the Lord is crucial. Like I've said before, and I'll say again, maybe you've never connected with Him. Maybe you struggle to, to reach out to Him for one reason or another. You don't have to have some fancy way to pray. You know, I'll talk about how to connect with Him in just a moment. 
But if you just say Jesus and you lift your eyes to him, maybe he'll plant something in your heart that says, oh yeah, Lord, thank you for for showing me that. Lord, I'm not sure what to pray. I've never prayed before, but, but I know you're real and I know you're there and I know you're here with me and I need more of you. It starts with that. It starts with, with a desire to, to have more of him. It starts with a desire to lift him up. It starts with a desire to, to, to have that connection with him. You know, he's not going to force you to have that connection with him. He's... He's, he's not gonna he's not gonna force you to say, yep, yep. Come here, Jeff. I'm gonna be the Lord. You have to walk with me, Jeff. You don't have a choice. He, he's not gonna be that way. Yes, he's gonna give you warnings that if you don't abide in me, if you if you're not gonna be on the vine, then you're gonna wither away. But you have to choose, Jeff. You have to choose, church, to abide. With him, you have to choose to stay connected with him. Why? Because again, he he's that source of life. He's the one who's going to see you through it all. He's the one who's going to walk beside you closer than a brother. And you remember that he's already taken care of everything that's behind you, and he's taken care of your future so long as you stay connected with him. You may not know what tomorrow holds, but you know who holds your tomorrow. You may not realize what's going to happen on your way home after church tonight, or you don't know... You just don't know, but, but you know who holds that, and you know who holds the future in his hands. Can we just thank him for that for a moment? Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that, that you hold our future in your hands so long as we remain connected with you. Which, again, I want to move on to uh, that next question, which is how can I connect with God? How can I stay connected? How can I strengthen my connection with him? Your connection with God is between you and him. The person sitting next to you, you can look at him, it's okay, we can be friendly. The person sitting next to you must have their own personal connection with him. Pastor Lucas, I can't rely on you to have my connection with the Lord. I have to seek him. If I don't seek him, I can't, you, you can't do that for me. I have to have my own personal relationship with him. I can't rely on my father or my grandfather to do that for me. I can't be, I can't be grafted in because my daddy had a relationship with him. I can't be grafted in because my grandpa had a relationship with him. No, I have to have my own because the Bible talks about one generation knowing him and the next not because they refuse to have that personal relationship with him. It's important for, for each generation, for each person thereof to have their own connection with him. The keys to start, to have, and to continue, and furthermore, to strengthen uh, your connection with God through prayer is through prayer. It's through your praise and worship, and it's through your meditating on the word. The first key being prayer. Somebody say prayer. This is the baseline, as I will refer to it, of your connection with God. This is really where it all begins for every person, as I touched on moments ago. Without prayer, there can be no communication with the Lord. 
Without prayer, there, there can be no connection. Prayer is not only that which you pray to God, but also God communicating with you. It's a two-way street of you praying some and then allowing God to speak back to you. It's you. It's not you doing all the talking. You know, I, I, I can attest to this in one way, shape, or form that, you know, if, if in a relationship, if one person does all the talking but the other person doesn't do any of the talking, raise your hand if you think that works. Wise people, wise people. No, there, there has to be a communication both ways. You know, if, if I do all the talking in my marriage with my wife and I don't allow my wife to do any of the talking, that's not going to end very well for me. I, I, I have to, you know, I, she has to be able to talk back to me too. You know, we have to have a, a two-way communication with one another. And the same is true with the Lord. You have to allow him to, 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 to talk back to you for a moment, to, to plant things into your mind and into your heart and, and to remind you of certain things. You know, the Lord will remind you of things. He, he will bring correction. He will bring conviction to you. He will bring scriptures to your mind so long as you allow him to speak to you in prayer. You can, you can give all your petitions to him you can do all the talking all the time but if you never allow him to speak back then it's just it's just that one way street and, and there's there's no real connection there if all I'm doing is complaining to the Lord and I'm not allowing him to talk back to me and bring me that comfort how am I ever going to have that relationship how am I ever going to be comforted if all I do is say I can't do this I can't do that you know so on and so forth I, I, hallelujah I, I digress. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. It's a, it's a two-way street of communication. It's, it's a line of communication back and forth. Um, during the month of July, those of you that were here on Wednesday nights, we had no music. We had no teaching. Just prayer. And what a powerful time that was. There were directions given on some ways to pray which we then prayed as a collective body, but also prayerfully took them home to pray on our own. One of the models of prayer is, uh, is what Jesus gave to his disciples in, in Luke 11, which is the shorter version, and Matthew 6, which is the, the longer version. Matthew chapter 6. Let's turn there together. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. I want to go through this scripture together. And when you've got to say amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 9. Jesus says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. In other words, pray like this. This is how I want you to pray. Follow these prayer guidelines. Pray like this. Don't pray these exact words, because they're just words on a page. But pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven. First, getting your focus on who you need to focus on. Who are you praying to? Our Father, which art in heaven. You've got my focus now, Lord. Hallowed be thy name. Giving him the honor that is due to him, which 
in case you weren't aware, all the honor is due to him. I honor you, Lord. I respect you, Lord. I have such a reverence for you, Lord. I give you all the glory. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Here we go. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I desire your kingdom to come. I desire that your will to be done in my life here as it is in heaven. Here as it is in heaven. Over every part of my life, over my family, over my friends, over my finances, over my job, over my, my daily walk with you, over my church, my state, my country, and my world, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And remember, it's not my will, but yours be done in me. It's putting me aside for a moment to allow the Lord to do the work that he wants to do and to make sure that I line up with him and his will for my life. That's also saying uh, I have a desire to, you know, to, to be in alignment with you because, you know, if I'm not in alignment with you, go ahead, Lord, and, and do what you have to do to line me up again. You know, we, 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 the Bible talks about walking on that straight and narrow path. It's not an easy path to walk on, right, Bishop? It's not an easy path to walk on. No, you, you have to stay focused. And I love referring to this because in order to stay on that straight and narrow, sometimes you have to put some spiritual blinders on just to remain focused on him. And whether you have to do this physically, if there's things around you that are just nagging at your attention, or you have to do it spiritually and say, Lord, I want to fix my eyes on you alone. I need you to work in my life. If I get off, off of this path just a little bit, go ahead and give me the correction that I need. Go ahead and do that pruning to get me back on your path again for my life. Hallelujah. Are you thankful for the Lord? Come on. Continuing in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. I'm calling on you, Lord, the provider of all of my needs. He's our provider. I know that you will provide my daily bread. Your word is my daily bread. Your word is my sustenance. Your word is my daily nourishment. I can't know you without first knowing your word. I need your word to give me understanding, to give me wisdom. Hallelujah. Your word is above your name. The daily bread, this daily bread, the word is that which guides me and draws me closer to you. Hallelujah. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts. This is where it gets tough. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. After we are lined up with your will and your word so you can begin to show us where we may need a little readjustment. Forgive me as I forgive others. I know you will forgive me. But do so as I give that same forgiveness to others. If I have a hard time forgiving 
someone help me through that. He will help you. He's not going to leave you stranded. He's not going to leave you on an island. If, if, there, if there's somebody that maybe you've got an issue with, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, there, 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 there was a time not too long ago where, where somebody kind of frustrated me just a little bit. And uh, things may have gotten, they didn't really get out of hand. I won't say that. But, but there, there came a time where we had a tense moment. And I had to walk away. Because if I didn't walk away, things were going to get ugly. If I didn't walk away, things were going to get ugly. I went back to that person. And I looked him in the eye and I said, I'm sorry. So it's not only you forgiving them, but seeking forgiveness from others as well. And it's you, it's you putting it out on a plate and saying, I, I, I messed up here. Please forgive me. You know, I'm sorry that it went around like this. You know how good that felt? to get it off of your plate and allow the Lord to just take that over for a moment. You know, if we would just allow God to, to, to work in our forgiveness just a little bit more, maybe, maybe our shoulders wouldn't feel so hunched over, you know. Maybe wouldn't, we wouldn't feel like we had such a weight to carry if we just forgave more often. You know, when he, when he says, when Jesus says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us or our debtors, you know, that's, that's saying, you know, he's going to forgive you. He, he, he is the forgiver. He is the one who forgives you of your sins as, as you repent for them. But he also wants you to pass on that same to others. Why? Because you are a reflection of him. You are the light of the world, the city. You are a reflection of that. Do you desire to be a reflection of Christ? I know. I know you do. You won't hold my past against me, Lord. So long as I repent of them, turn from my wicked ways, and I follow you. Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There may be things around me that try to tempt me, but you will deliver me from them. If I am struggling with anything, I know that you will help me to get away from those things. I know you will help me. I must put those things aside. Your deliverance from evil lies right there where I turn away from those temptations and I turn to you. And ending this prayer, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Saying you are all powerful. You are the Almighty One, Lord. You are the Alpha and the Omega. There is no one like you. I give you all the glory. Your kingdom has no end. Amen. This model prayer and others we have prayed through and that which you have prayed when you are at home or, or wherever you may be help to direct our prayers and to guide them. But again, let me just say that if, I don't, you know, if we don't pray without ceasing, we, we must pray 
without ceasing. We must pray as we are going to say a prayer here and a prayer there to keep that line open at all times to never cut it off like we do, you know, some other things. We might, we might cut off our work, but we can never cut off the Lord. You might leave work and cut it off and leave it right there. You might leave home when you get to work and cut it off right there, but you can never cut that connection with the Lord. We should always be connected with him at all times, at all times. Prayer is your lifeline to God. The next key is praise and worship. We worship the Lord, giving him what is right, not what is left. Our worship services here at the Church of Omaha are all-encompassing of our tithes, our offerings, our singing, and our preaching. Our worship is another component of this daily connection with him. When you worship, you do so in spirit and truth. Thank you. It is not only who we worship in truth, but the way we worship in spirit. His spirit brings us into the truth, and the truth draws us to his spirit. We live in spirit and truth. We worship and adore him. You know, I was speaking with, with someone this past Sunday about praise and worship, and the brother told me, you know, he may not be able to give a whole lot of scripture reference, but he's got a praise within him that he uses as a weapon to fight his battles that may come his way. Your praise is a weapon. Your praise is a weapon. You praise God for the victory uh, for, for, over whatever you may be facing, and you praise Him in advance of that victory because you know that victory train, it's already filled the temple, and you can go ahead and sow on your victory on that too because you know with the Lord, you will have the victory. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship is more than just singing and praising, although that is a, cru a crucial component and, and one that cannot be removed. What some may not realize is that giving is a part of your worship to God too. Your tithes, your offering, your time, and your talents, it is an expression of your obedience, yes, but also your gratitude, your trust, and your increasing joy. You know, regarding giving, it's the decision and not the dollar that creates the giver. A willingness to be generous in giving is more important than the amount given. Yes, the Bible instructs that we must give of that first 10%. We must give of our tithes. And yes, we must give of our offerings. Our, our giving should reflect what our heart treasures. <laughs> and remembering, too, you can't outgive God. If we are just marking off a line on our spiritual checklist saying, yep, I gave today, we are merely involved in a charity and are missing out on the great joy of being a cheerful giver. Our giving reflects our thankfulness to God for all he's done, doing, and, and, will, and continuing to do, and all that he's going to do. Considering what Christ has done for us, why would we not want to give him our best? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And all encompassing of these components of our worship will result in your praise and worship to the Lord being that of which is daily. Every single day I'll praise him. We should praise him daily. We should worship him daily. We should give him that tithe of our time every day. Amen. We should give him that, that first of our time every day, not just what's left over. And moving forward to the final key in our connection with God, I want to talk a bit about meditating on the Word. Meditating on the Word involves first focusing on His Word. 
And then from that focus comes understanding, remembering, worshiping, and finally application. In Psalm 119.27, reading from the New Living Translation, we read, Help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. In meditating on the word, we seek to understand. We start by praying, help me understand your way, which is a prayer that God delights to answer. Meditate on the word to understand what God is communicating to you through his word. Psalm 143, verse 5, we read, I remember the days of old and ponder your great works and think about what you have done. We meditate to remember all God has done in his great redemption story to come and to save people from their sin. We ponder the work of God's hands. Remembering also brings us to ponder all God has done in our own lives where he's brought you from, the opportunities that you've had to share the gospel with others, and who and what you've learned about who God is. Psalm 1-2 reads, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, with the meditation on his word to understand and remember, one will find their hearts feeling the desire to worship. While meditating on the word, we may pause, and I encourage you to pause and just lift your eyes to him. Hallelujah. We take our eyes off of this and off of that, and we focus on him, and we meditate on his word, and something captivates us so much that we just want to lift our eyes up and say, ha, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for, for what you're showing me here today. We delight in his word and just how glorious our God is. You know, I wonder if we can just take a moment right now. I know, I know you all are seating pretty comfortable, but I wonder if we can just take a moment and worship him and thank him. Oh, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Thank you for your word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word, which, which shows us the way we should go. Oh, God, we worship you. We worship you, O oh Lord, for who you are. We worship you, O oh Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have, you have the power to save, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, and we clap our hands to you, O oh Lord. We lift our voices to you, O oh God. Yes, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, come on. We can worship him. Ah. Ah. Lord, I, I thank you. I worship you because you bring that correction that I need, oh God, to continue to walk with you. You bring that conviction that I need to continue to draw closer to you. You show me, Lord, what I need to put aside here and what I need to put aside there so that my relationship with you can continue to be strengthened, oh God. You give me the strength that I need. You provide all that I need. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, oh God. And finally, finally, with, with the last couple minutes that we have, we're, we're better able to understand, to apply the Bible when we slow down and we meditate. When applying what we read, one may ask, now what do I need to do? How do I apply this to my life? Remembering, too, to be a hearer and a doer of the word. You see, the desire in meditation must be to be careful to do according to all that is written in the Bible. Then asking the Lord in prayer for strength to obey, 
to forsake sin, to humble ourselves and walk worthy of our calling in Christ. Are you thankful tonight that you can call on the Lord in prayer? That you can ask the Lord these things in prayer for strength to obey, for strength to humble ourselves, for strength to walk worthy of the calling that he provides? Are you thankful for a connection with the Lord that, that he, he desires to connect with you? Are you thankful for the Lord who is in the middle of your every detail, but also in the middle of the details of the person sitting behind you, in front of you, and next to you? <laughs> in closing tonight, I know we just worshiped him for a moment, but I want to go to the Lord in prayer. I want to pray. If you desire a relationship and connection with God, that can begin tonight. If you desire a stronger connection with him, let him strengthen you tonight. If you know someone who desires this, that you've been connecting with, then allow the Lord to plant these in you so that you can share them with others. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the author and the finisher of our faith, oh God. Lord, we put our trust and our hope in you. We find everything that we need in you, oh God. Lord, I pray that a desire would fall on everyone here tonight, whether they need a connection with you, whether they need a stronger connection with you, or whether they've been reaching out to others, oh God, who desire a connection with you. Lord, plant these very principles in our heart, Lord Jesus, so we can continue to draw close to you. Oh God, as we pray to you, you hear our prayers, and you begin to show us, Lord, how, how, Oh, Lord, we can have that stronger connection. Lord, let every desire in this place be that of which is pleasing to you. Oh, God, we want to be pleasing in your sight. We want to draw closer to you with every breath that we take, with every move that we make, with every step that we take. Oh, God, help us to draw closer to you. Oh, God, help us to be that example to others and to show others that they can have this connection with you as well. Oh, they can have their very own, they should have their very own connection with you. Oh God, there's such a strength in this place. You're resting in this place on your people. Oh God, fill us up, oh God. Lord Jesus, our cup, we need that to overflow and that can only overflow with you. Oh Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your strength. We thank you, Lord, for your word, which is quick and that which is powerful. We thank you, Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Uh, next week, we will continue this series, and I'll be teaching on helping others grow in faith. And like last week, if you have questions about growing in faith, please text those to me, and I look forward to it. God bless you all, and we'll see you Sunday. In Jesus' name.